Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast series, 10 Themes for Investing for Tomorrow. Each month, I talk to an investment expert from Capital Group to discuss various challenges and opportunities for investing for tomorrow. Now, today we're talking about the tech trifecta, and my guest is Christoph Braun, an investment director at Capital Group based in Luxembourg. You may remember Christoph from his chat about cloud computing on season one, which we will link to in the adjoining article and show notes. Hello, Christoph. It's great to have you with us here in Luxembourg. Hi, Lisa. Great to be here. Well, we're going to start with the the most obvious question because not everybody will know what tech trifecta actually means. Yeah, that's a good good question. So trifecta is an an expression that our listeners may predominantly know in the context of horse racing, uh, placing horse racing bets to be more, more precise. And so what, what you try in a trifecta, it's a specific bet. You try to forecast the first three finishes in a race in the correct order. Now, when it comes to tech trifactor and investing, what we try to forecast is not betting on companies or, or themes or sectors, but we're trying to forecast which themes or which industries may be more dominant over the long term. And so in this case, it's, it's very much technology and communication related industries that we as a global investor are particularly interested in and which we follow very closely from an investment point of view. And so these are semiconductors, cloud computing and software. So when we think about technology, most of us will have an understanding and a daily use of technology, but specifically when it comes to advanced applied technology, tell us about that, that order that you've just spoken about, the trifecta that you would put these in. Well, I guess if you just go back for uh, a step, technology by definition is the application of scientific knowledge to the practical aims of human life. And so we're trying to change and manipulate the human environment. That is what technology is trying to achieve. It tries to make our lives more efficient. Now, obviously, we all love technology when it works, but sometimes it can be our best friends. Sometimes it can be our biggest enemy. And so when it comes to advanced technology, the way I think about it, it's about new and emerging innovations which can be applied in, be it digital media, what we currently do here today in the studio, telecommunication, you can see technology in sensors, in in optic technology and far beyond. And I think that's where, uh, for me, technology is today the most much more exciting uh, because you can find it in traditional old economy related industries and very practical activities where, you know, technology is often least expected. So when we think about semiconductors, cloud computing and software, for me, semiconductors are very much the backbone of everything in terms of innovation and technology that will happen in the future. Uh, Cloud computing is all about making things more efficient from a cost and from a storage perspective. And we're using it almost every day, even without noticing it. And software and software, sorry, is very much the brain um, of trying to make software as a service uh, applicable to everyday needs and, and, and services. 
So just to uh, underline for our listeners that trifecta as you've elaborated on it, number one, semiconductors, the backbone of everything going forward, two, cloud computing. And of course, we can refer to your podcast last year for more information on that. And third, software as a service, SaaS, the brain of everything. So let's dig into some company examples of these, starting with the semiconductor industry. Yeah, of course, you know, where do you start? There's so many examples around semiconductors, cloud computing and software these days. But when I look at semiconductors, there are companies like Samsung, TSMC, Intel, or just Broadcom, a, a, a producer of semiconductor components. So all the little designs, technical and intellectual properties that go on a semiconductor, they all play a specific role in a, a very complex value chain within the semiconductor industry, especially as the world's appetite for microchips is continuing to increase. Just take a, a new car, for instance, Lisa. It, it uses as many as 3,000 chips, and that number is growing with each new model. And so there will be more tailor-made, more specific uh, solutions in the semiconductor business needed going forward. Now, let's stay with the car. And, and when we think about cloud computing, as our cars are becoming smarter and basically computers on four wheels, Tesla, I think a company that by now everyone knows, um, it, it is using cloud technology to collect and analyze the data generated by each car. Uh, and so there is a reason why we define the cloud as the fourth industrial revolution, as I explained in my, my previous podcast. Now, cloud computing is definitely a game changer for, for many companies. Just take Amazon and, and Microsoft. So Amazon is not the online bookshop that it used to be, but sort of they transitioned into new growth areas. They went into AWS, Amazon Web Services. And so today, Amazon Web Services rem uh, generates... Um, almost 50% of, of their, in their total company earnings. Uh, Microsoft, uh, if you think about Microsoft, it used to be a very um, uh, slow-moving uh, whale. Uh, and you know when you were an analyst covering Microsoft, the only thing you had to focus on was Microsoft Office and just wait until they would bring out the, the, the newest version, which was sort of a cash cow for Microsoft. And so in 2014-15, the company decided to make a, a big turnaround and, and focus on, on the cloud. And so that has been so far a big success for Microsoft. So you can see even very established companies have used the cloud to become even bigger in terms of growth uh, uh, opportunities. And I think... You've given us yeah. so... You've given us so many examples there. I think most of us driving a car don't realize what's actually in our car when it comes to semiconductors. And of course, we're all so reliant on cloud computing. So much has changed, even within these huge, huge companies that are so established nowadays. And then moving finally to software as a service. Yeah, software as a service is, is another great example. And I think that's where you can really relate it back to our daily life. I, I like to talk about, when I talk about services, I like to think about technology in a combination of, of healthcare, uh, because often that combination is seen as very science fiction, but actually it is very cutting edge. It is where cutting edge health tech meets everyday needs. Um, for example, AbbVie, a company that some of our listeners may know, it's a medical device and healthcare company that has a software uh, that allows patients with diabetes 
to monitor their blood sugar level directly on their smartphone. And I think that was a, a big, a big solution during the pandemic when a lot of patients weren't able to go and consult their doctor or go to a hospital to get their blood sugar uh, levels um, uh, monitored. And so I think that's where technology has really brought more efficiency to our daily lives and has improved our uh, quality of life. Now, of course, we're here to talk a little bit about finance and investing. So let's think about the investor's perspective. Of course, every investor wants to mitigate the risk of their investments. So how can you mitigate the risk of investing in the tech trifecta, having in mind, of course, the dot-com bubble, for instance? Yeah. Yeah, obviously, there's been a a huge evolution since. And I've observed that tech has become an essential part of our daily lives. Sometimes we don't even notice, as I said earlier. So, uh, and also technology has seen such an evolution over the last 20 years and so have tech companies and their business models. So, so you just mentioned the, the dot-com bubble. And when I look at just the characteristics of, of companies today and versus 20, 25 years ago, I, I observed that their earnings have been much more recurring. Um, they are backed by real demands, demand that is almost irreplaceable in, in, many, uh, in many areas. Uh, and so very often when I think about technology companies from an investment point of view, I think of them as modern utility companies. Um, uh, because if you look at just you know, my generation, the millennials, they spend about 53 hours per week in the World Wide Web. That's seven and a half hours per day. I hope it's in a professional uh, context, but it, it, it just shows how, how omnipresent technology is and how also our younger generations, how tech savvy they have become. And so they use the internet uh, almost like previous generations used gas, electricity and water. Just it's cheaper these, uh, these days. So it's all about pricing power. When I think from an investment point of view, those technology companies and technology related companies, uh, they have huge pricing power and that can really help mitigate against inflation, for example. So when I invest in technology companies, it's very much around new defensives. Well, we can, uh, uh, I can point you to a previous podcast to learn more about pricing power, in fact. But let's dig in more to the risks linked to the tech companies. Of course, like in every sector, there are risks that investors should be mindful about. Uh, I think today the biggest risk is, of course, regulation. Uh, how big and influential should the tech giants be? I think that is the question that many are trying, regulators are trying to solve. Um, I think their size and, and their complexity, and especially the complexity of their intangible assets, because all the revenues that they generate and sort of the intellectual property that they generate, it's, it's very difficult to, to touch. And so those intangible assets make it much more difficult to understand the true value of those companies for investors, but also for professional analysts. I think you've given us so many wonderful phrases there. The fact that really tech is, it's like a modern utility company. And of course, these intangible assets that we are literally living with, using right now, all the time, it has become a huge part of our lives. And of course, you mentioned the younger generation. I certainly see it with my, my teenage daughters. Uh, they're coming up at using tech in a completely different way. Now, let's go back to the extremely important world of semiconductors. They're sometimes dubbed the digital digital gold of our century. 
And if that's true, why have the number of semiconductor manufacturers actually diminished? They've dwindled to just a few worldwide. Yeah, that's right, Lisa. And um, and you would, you know, when you think about an industry, and I talked about the demand, the the future demand, uh, and appetite for semiconductors. So how can an industry uh, experience a consolidation? And so when you observe that that uh, consolidation more closely, you can see that. Obviously, there's high barriers to entry. So a new company couldn't just enter and pick up on on all the knowledge and the innovation that those semiconductor companies that I mentioned earlier have today. So there's definitely an early bird advantage, uh, a lead in terms of, of innovation, uh, but then also expectations from customers. So everything we use today has a million different softwares and semiconductors. They are all tailor-made. So there's a lot of specialization within the semiconductor industry. And so those expectations from clients, they have increased so much and so have costs. So it's very difficult to, to, um, for, for semiconductor co companies to, to keep track. And of course, you can learn more about the pricing power in our podcast with Richard Carlyle. Now, in the previous season, you spoke about cloud computing. Since that podcast, what has changed? Uh, so much. I mean, it would probably require another podcast, uh, to be honest. Uh, I think that that I think that we are now at a stage where cloud computing is becoming more and more integrated in every aspect of our real economy. So, what that means is entire industries, less and more traditional, are starting to adopt cloud solutions, uh, which again will create new dynamics and IT concepts that are still very hard to imagine. But it's, it's very exciting, at least from an from an investment point of view. But of course, we've also seen software as a service massively improve, especially during COVID, in fact. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic, what a perfect case study to reflect on how vital technology has been in many ways during that time, right? I mean, if you just think about or look around in Luxembourg, I feel that we have come out much smarter in, in many ways. We were uh, uh, forced to adapt to new ways of doing things, more solution-oriented, and I think technology uh, helped us to become more efficient and to adopt, sort of force us to adopt to new, new ways of, of doing things. Um, Doctina is a perfect example for booking a doctor appointment online in Luxembourg, or guichet.lu for online information about the Luxembourgish administration. Uh, and since many other uh, observed public and private services have transitioned online, for example, to pay your bills, uh, you don't have to cross necessarily the ocean uh, and look at uh, the, the big tech giants to actually realize that we have great companies just around the corner. Look at SES, the Luxembourgish French satellite telecommunication network provider, which uses the cloud to supply video and data connectivity worldwide to broadcasters. Some wonderful examples there, and I am so very personally grateful for the improvement in the online services here in Luxembourg. But you're right, COVID made software as a service improve worldwide. Well, thank you, Christophe, for your expertise as always. To find out more, you can check our podcasts on investments on the Paper Jam, Delano, Capital Group websites. You can listen back to previous topics we've covered, such as why bonds now, dividends come back, pricing power ESG, and there's so much more on Series 1 as well. So we hope you'll subscribe to this series and send us your feedback. Thank you so much for listening.
This communication is of a general nature and not intended to provide investment advice or to be a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Statements attributed to an individual represent the opinion of that individual and may not necessarily reflect the views of Capital Group or its affiliates.